Thursday theology, a windy Thursday theology night for us. Um, can you hear that howl, Andre? That was just a track driving past. No, that was windy Wellington. Man, we got all, all sorts right, of windy. crazy weather going on. We had an earthquake. Anyways, let me roll the tape. We'll hit it now. Yeah, we had a we had an earthquake, man, last night. Did you? Yeah, it was uh, like a good. It was only like a four or a five, but we felt it. You know, it was one of those. Wow. That, yeah, so all sitting there about ten o'clock at some point. Folk, you know, New Zealand's just going to erupt, bro. It's I know. Just, you know, you guys are all going to. Do you know what's crazy? Is do you remember just just after I became a Christian, I had a dream that we both died in lava. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's prophetic, bro. Next time I come there. Mm. You know, the dormant volcano that is New Zealand. That would be Auckland. Is, so let's just steer away from that. Stay, stay away from Auckland. Unless there's yeah. this weird dormant um, volcano in Wellington. UK. Thing. Yeah. Oh, UK. Who knows? Uh, but, I mean, you're not a prophet. No. Unless you are, because you're a preacher. Oh. oh do you like that segue? Oh. <laughs> that was a great segue. Didn't <laughs> Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> I thought so. Um, yeah. All right, so you want to talk Ooh, about right. prophecy and preaching? Yeah. So here's my here's my line of thought. Right. Uh, Is uh, you know it's Monday. It's Monday morning for me. So I'm um, overwhelmed with a sense of how rubbish a preacher I am. You know, because that is just what happens on a Monday morning. Uh-huh. And it's then like, it's like Luther's I whole. Forget about it. You know, when Luther said, phooey, Luther, phooey. <laughs> it's a real thing. He always used to say, phooey, Luther. <laughs> I'm like, so I just do that all the time. I'm like, oh, awesome. Phooey, Michael, phooey. <laughs> I don't know what the German equivalent of phooey was, but somewhere that got translated as phooey. So. Phooey. Yeah. Phooey. Phooey, Luther. I can't believe that could ever be translated. I think that that would it probably it probably was some swear word that Luther was saying. It pro- and, that sounds much more. Gen- and, and then some British guy comes <laughs> along. He's like, "Oh, phooey, Luther." <laughs> phooey, yeah. So some British Baptist couldn't couldn't handle couldn't handle the, the literal Luther. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like uh, you can't you can't be drinking real beer. No. Oh, I had non-alcoholic beer the other day. It was terrible. Anyway, so, um, uh, yeah, so this is my thing. So, like, I'm, you know, oh, such, so I did such a bad job, such a rubbish preacher. It's like, the, what were you doing the other day? The stupid, stupid, you know, and, and so, like, you know, beat yourself up. But, and then it gets you thinking, though, but, like, what is, what is, um, what is good preaching, you know? Like, mm. how do I, I need some sort of objective standard because, People just saying, oh, I'm sure it wasn't that bad or, you know, it's not going to help me. Like I need some objective standard by which to measure and assess. You know, not subjective because I can't trust my own feelings at the moment, but objective. Like how mm. can I objectively make my preaching better? Mm-hmm. And that necessarily implies you have an understanding of what preaching is. Because if preaching is just oratory, then there's, you know, there's tons of things I could have done better. But right. um, if preaching is... And not mainly oratory, but mainly exposition. So, you know, sort of more of a focus on on uh, clarity than on uh, clarity and accuracy than on impressiveness, mm-hmm. you know? 
mm. uh, then that changes your assessments of what good preaching is mm. right mm-hmm. um, and this has also been on on my mind a little bit because on the head coverings passage in in one corinthians mm-hmm. um you know our our thing at, at bethesda has always been um you know complementarian so no no uh, you know only male headship male eldership mm-hmm. and the only other thing we've kind of been insistent on is male preaching so there's never been a woman preacher mm. um at Bethesda have been, you know, women doing all kinds of other things mm-hmm. um, and other forms of, of speaking and, you know, children's talks and sharing testimonies and that kind of thing, um, but never preaching. Right. And um, the reason in my mind for that was because, you know, that passage in Timothy. Yeah. Uh, it says, I do not permit a woman to speak or to have authority over a man. Right, which obviously doesn't mean I do not permit a woman to speak at all, right. because otherwise he would have said to the, in the Corinthian thing, "Stop your woman from prophesying," mm-hmm. but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He just says, "Make sure their head is covered when they prophesy." Yeah. Um, so clearly, he's happy with women to prophesy in the church. Yeah. Well, and you had so, um, Philip's daughters who were prophets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's lo- yeah, there's loads of loads of examples of women active in that kind mm-hmm. of thing, and. Um, so that clearly that's not what he means. So he must mean there are some forms of speaking that he doesn't permit a woman to do. And I, I take, you know, to speak or to have authority over a man, to speak with authority over a man. That's just, yeah. in a sense how I take it. So, so the question is, what is speaking with authority? And automatically my mind went to preaching. Preaching must be the only kind of speaking that is speaking with authority. You know, that. That's why it's a monologue. That's why you listen. Um, you take it as God's word to you, so long as the preacher's being accurate. So, you know, it's a, you know, preaching's very, very important like that. But then it got me thinking, surely prophesying, you know, not in the modern charismatic sense of the word, but in the actual biblical sense of the word, prophesying is like, Surely that's that's very authoritative because that's not someone expounding God's word. That's someone actually presenting God's word. Thus says the Lord, you know, and they're either right or they're wrong. You either excommunicate them or discipline them or you you hold on to what they say. You cling to what they say. Mm. Right. Totally. Um, so so how can that be less authoritative than preaching? So then I'm thinking, why do we let women prophesy? Well, or why would we let women prophesy if prophesying was still a thing? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, why? And then not let women preach. Mm. Like, is there something? Is there something about preaching that's more authoritative than prophesying, or is, is or are we missing something here? Yeah, no. Well, it's it, that's been my thing for a long time. I mean, I've just, um, I think it's the strongest challenge to. Like my solution has been, okay, and I'm not saying this is the correct solution, but uh, to limit what Paul is talking about in terms of, you know, if you you go back to that 1 Timothy 2 going into 3 passage, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, I don't permit a woman to teach. And then we've already established that doesn't mean every kind of teaching. So the next question is, what kind of teaching do you have in view, Paul? And he answers that as soon as you go into the first... I mean, it's it's the very next thing in in First Timothy chapter three, 
which are the prerequisites of an eldership. Um, and the mm-hmm. defining thing there that's different from the diaconal ministry is ability to teach. So uh, it seems to me that that's very, very um, just clear that 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 what Paul has in mind is not preaching per se or prophesying or anything like that, but the 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 kind of authority that goes along with the office of eldership and its role of teaching, which would be an umbrella for you know really whatever is happening as an elder, you know, your individual, uh, all the way from your sort of, I don't know, your guiding of the church in, in church meetings, uh, through personal counseling and applying the word through preaching, you know, there's this kind of role that an elder has that has authority and enables him to teach with authority, uh, as the church has set him aside for that office. And that's a woman ought not to have that role is that is the idea and that, that instruction that goes hand in hand with it. Um, which makes sense in that, you know, obviously you've got, you've got a leadership role there, you've got a headship role there, etc. cetera. Um, but that does leave the question of preaching open and teaching open um, in, in a way that's uncomfortable for complementarians, you know. Now, I think that whole thing needs to be, I don't know, just, just roped in via a few different other factors. Um, for example, uh, you know, let's say, well, I, you know, I think it, let me start with where it liberates you. So, you know, you don't have to get into weird, like, debates about complementarianism when it comes to conference speakers and, you know, things that are kind of on the knife yeah. edge, you know. Where, and I'm, I'm currently, yeah. in, you know, obviously in X29, they're working through the big complementarian piece. And you can just see when you don't have the straight, you get in all sorts of funny little places and uh, it just it just becomes annoying um, in that obviously it's okay for a woman to preach at a conference you know everyone does it anyway and you know like obviously we want to hear rosaria butterfield you know what i mean like we don't she's yeah. it's totally good and you know to have have some sort of weird arrangement where you only have you know women in the room or if one man is in the room like he can't listen properly just you can be in the room but just don't submit in your heart you know or something yeah, something totally. bizarre like that uh you know it's all just besides the point in my view um the there, I think if you're going to make a case for a woman, uh, so they, they, basically what we're saying there is that a woman can teach and to the degree that that overlaps with that kind of preaching, well, obviously it's totally fine. Paul's not prohibiting it. It's not even in view. It's not even the local church. It's not eldership. The issue is only eldership. Now, on Sunday, if if a church has an only elders preach model, you know, um, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. obviously you can't have women preach, you know, so that might be a thing. Yeah. Um, there might be a less clear thing, but functionally similar model, you know, in which case it also might not be advisable for a woman to preach because in that case, you know, people, it, it would convey the wrong idea, you know, uh, or it'd be very confusing to people who, if you did want to advocate a complementarian understanding, uh, there might be a, uh, situation where it's, again, it might, it's not that it's clear or unclear, but you just have made a decision as an eldership that, you know, you don't necessarily want to muddy the waters on this issue of what women can and can't do when it comes to the authority of eldership. And while you haven't got a strict rule about who preaches, whether they're eldership or not, uh, you just have made a decision to, to, you know, keep it at that, that, that clear, point that usually it falls to the elders that's their main role to preach um so so you just don't want to you know send a mixed message there um by having a woman preach but you'd be you know fairly liberal in where 
in other areas that women could teach or whatever. And so those are various, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just sort of keeps going along a spectrum of, of things. And, 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 you know, they're all legitimate in the sense that there might be different, slightly different contexts and you have to take different things into account. Almost reminds me a little bit of, you know, if you, you can, on, at one level, you can come down hard and fast on, we have to have a plurality of elders and we have to have deacons. And, uh, but applying that in a church where the elders really are, uh, or at least the deacons are the functional elders, you know, um, and mm-hmm. they've got the wrong titles and you got, you can really go wrong very quickly. You've got to be careful not to get lost in semantics. And while you work toward an ideal, you know, you want to be careful with, with where uh, you, you sort of draw those lines. But, I, you know, that said, it does remain, it is still an uncomfortable point, I think, for, for those that would just have this, well, just women can't preach because they're obviously, you know, Paul says they can't. You know, um, I don't know that he does say that. Yeah, you yeah, no, it's, a good, it's a good point. And, and the, the funny thing is, um, a, a lot of cessationists, I wouldn't do this, but a lot of cessationists equate prophecy and preaching. Yeah. So, um, you know, what is prophecy in the church today? Yeah. It is true and faithful preaching. Yeah. And I get that there's a similarity because yeah. both of them are God's word to you. Yeah. And so, you know, the faithful preaching of God's word is God's word to you. Yeah. Um, and so you should receive it as his word. Mm-hmm. But it, it isn't the same as prophecy in the sense that when you're, when you're preaching, you're working on something that's already been revealed in, in you know, in the scriptures. Mm. And so it, it can be tested in that sense, whereas prophecy mm. is coming to you by a direct revelation from, mm. Mm. from God, which mm. is why I don't think it's a thing anymore. No. Um, but the... Uh, what what is ironic is that lots of cessationists would be no, women can't preach, but would also say that prophecy is preaching. Right. Totally. And so when it comes to the head coverings passage, they're like, well, you know, women were preaching then, but they can't preach now. Mm. Like it, that doesn't make any sense. No, totally. But even then, it raises um, an interesting question: a about you know what exactly is again coming back to the question of. Uh, you know, so one question is, is, you know, what's the kind of authority level of preaching? Yeah. Um, because, you know, as uh, doing, you know, is preaching under the authority of the elders or the, yeah. or, or are the elders under the authority of the preacher? Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that's, that's also an interesting question when you apply it to the prophecy. So if mm. in Corinth, a woman gets up to prophesy, Mm-hmm. You know, and covers their head and does it well. Mm. Are the elders under the authority of the prophecy? Mm. You know, of the yeah, prophesying. Exactly. Yeah. No. Look, there are a few things there actually that I think are super important. And you mentioned the. I totally agree with you. I mean, that you got that Puritan prophecy equals preaching thing, which is yeah. just you know crazy. Um, but Was but it William Perkins who started that. I think. I think it might have been. Yeah. Or at least I think what they meant uh, best reading, you know, or at least the most charitable reading, with uh, as I've looked at a few of these things, is that they actually they just said it badly. But if you really pushed them, they would say, "No, well, look, obviously preaching is now ceased. Oh, at least sorry, prophecy is ceased, and analogous to prophecy is preaching, and so we simply make that." you know, inference without yeah. having to make the qualification every time. And maybe, and then, and then it just took a life of its own and then never, no one even bothered to think it through anymore. And, you know, that's, that's where it got annoying, but uh, you probably with the most thoughtful level that was always in place. But you know what I, the interesting thing about it is you, you mentioned, I think, right. That, that, um, 
that um, it, you know, with that rubric of understanding, if 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 you've got prophecy and preaching as one thing, then you really do have a problem with the women prophets. It's it's um, something you have to think about. <laughs> you know why why is it? You'd yeah. have to pretty much say that the thing that ceased was that you know women stopped preaching at that point. You know, it's it's kind of a yeah. a, a really odd situation. Um, but then it, it's I think it's even more aggravated for my situation or my understanding, which I think is yours as well. In that, uh, and this relates to your, your uh, what you were saying earlier about about authority. Um, in that, I would say that that um, prophecy, which is something that um, you know, not just I mean, I'm not taking a charismatic understanding of prophecy there. I'm going prophets, capital P in some sense, right? In that yeah, you've got thus you've got the Lord. thus saith the Lord, right? And and that's of ma- that's not a, I think the Lord might be saying. But that's that's mm-hmm. got to be understood in some sense as having even more authority than preaching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and women were allowed even that level of authority, clearly, you know. So yeah. under my understanding of prophecy, the thing is really brought to an, a, an edge in that you know you've you've got to deal with it. You can't not deal with it. Um, now, as you said, it, it comes by a, a non-discursive reasoning process rather than a discursive reasoning process. So we, they're not like mapping out what they want to say. They're, 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 they're understanding something given to them by the Spirit. It's supernatural. But, um, wow, as I said that, the wind started blowing, really, you know, like a oh, mighty speaking. rushing wind. It was amazing. Did you hear that? <laughs> no. Okay, that was, that was a very cool sound effect if that came through. Um, but the, um, <clears throat> so, so you've got this like really high level of authority. Now, that, that I think that brings the question to the very forefront of the issue in that where does the authority lie? Well, obviously, for the prophet, the authority doesn't lie in themselves, but in the word itself, right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that you would have, you know, a false prophet could be rejected, you know, uh, the, the thus saith the Lord part, you know, uh, is, is mm-hmm. really what's binding. Um, but that's exa- that, again, like is exactly what the ideal preacher would be striving for. You know, we're, we're saying yeah. over and over again, only as that scripture is really resonant with its correct, or at least the sermon itself is resonant with its correct exegesis and application, uh, that would then be binding. Mm-hmm. And to the degree that it's not, it, it, we could reject it without worry. Um and and so we're saying essentially the same thing. So I don't. For me, I've again, I've like the only thing that keeps me sane on this is to is to come back to this idea that Paul has in mind, like he has this dynamic in mind, and mm-hmm. because of the lessened or the less the lessened clarity, you know, with the prophet, it's thus saith the Lord. I don't, I don't buy into that whole discern some part of the prophecy to be true and some part to be false. That's that's not the exhortation. The exhortation is the prophecy and the prophet must be discerned to be true. And if so, let that be binding on your conscience is what Paul was saying when he was saying, don't despise prophets, you know, and prophecies. Um, yeah. So in other words, there was a greater sense of clarity once the prophet had been established as a prophet. Uh, you didn't you didn't yeah. have to dissect the message itself. There were, so for that reason, there wasn't as much authority in the office bearer you know, in terms of his ability to, uh, or her ability to actually apply that message and whatnot, it would be almost like the, the the closest thing now, analogous to, would be a woman reading the scripture 
you know, uh, standing up yeah. in church. It's it's one hundred percent authoritative. You know, um, it's not in any way dependent on her person or her sort of uh, office or her. Uh, leadership role, but it's really entirely dependent on the word. Whereas, obviously, the difference between reading scripture and preaching scripture is that you're, you're going to have all sorts of uh, things that you're saying are, is coming from that that text. That, although is not technically binding, is very very close to it, and it's almost intrinsically connected to the office itself. You know, for example, mm-hmm. you think about mm-hmm. those. Um, those preachers like John Piper or John MacArthur that have had a full run, you know, R.C. Sproul, you know, toward the end of their lives, they start amassing this huge amount of authority, right? It's, uh, you can see when they open their mouths, everyone's listening. Why is that? It's not because they're necessarily exegeting any more faithfully than when they began, but it's just that they've grown in their reputation uh, that these guys, you know, that they, they have been faithful in the task in generally. Mm-hmm. And I think you have something similar with the office of eldership. They're set apart by the congregation. They've, they, they usually have had whatever the appropriate training, their prerequisites are met. And there's a sense of trust in that. And, and also an understanding mm-hmm. that there's going to be a leadership that, that, that comes from that. It's not directly connected to the text, uh, but it's, it's almost intrinsic Insofar as it's the word ministry office, it's intrinsically connected to the office bearer, you know, and um, and so that's that provides a different dynamic at some level. And I think uh, for that reason, Paul restricts it to to male only because of that leadership dynamic attached. But again, that's not technically preaching, you know. So although I would say it's very very close, and I would totally like we don't let women preach at GraceNet because we don't want to muddy the waters on that issue. It's just, you know, there's not there's not enough to just create this massive dichotomy between preaching and eldership. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, mm-hmm. if there was a way to do that responsibly and the church understood that when a woman preached, um, you know, they were not in the office of eldership and perhaps there was a way to show their submission to that office, I don't know how that would even work. But I don't know that I would Head have coverage. the tools head coverings right so (laughs) like that would be a weird church and i'd probably walk out of the door but um you know the um you know i don't the bottom line is i don't know that i have the the ability to take that apart necessarily you know it's i don't think that's necessarily an error just de facto uh it's it's more that you'd have to be concerned with 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 um uh, the office itself so there's some thoughts on it and um you know i kind of take some freedom in the fact that that you know, I don't feel like I have to have this all together because, really, at a greater priority, I we're in agreement as an eldership that there's a, a greater clarity that that needs to be there. So I feel like I have a bit of a freedom to think this through without having to worry that like tomorrow I've got to change and let women preach or anything, you know. Um, well, I mean, the reality is, I, at our church, we just don't have any woman who who desire to preach anyway. So it's, yeah, it's all you a, know, a could bit be of that, a hypothetical, yeah. but exactly, yeah. But um, the the other thing is, it's definitely not about, you know, just to be, for the sake of clarity, it's, it's not about the competence of women to preach because we've all heard excellent women preachers. You yeah. know, I think yeah. it's uh, the best sermon I've heard um, in Felix, you know, at a church in Felixstowe was mm. from a visiting um, woman preacher. Mm. And uh, it was great. It was fantastic. Just Mm. good, solid exposition. Mm. Um, But I think the thing there was, you know, it was an Anglican church Mm. and uh, she was ordained as a, as a vicar. And so in some sense, you kind of feel like that is 
blurring the lines. Yes. Because you know, that would be the equivalent of us yes. ordaining an elder. Exactly. Or a pastor. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it, that, is, that is a clear blurring of the lines. Whereas if she was, say, for example, preaching, um, but she wasn't a vicar. Yeah. You know, well, a classic you could, you example. Could maybe understand some sort of distinction there. I mean, the example that I always think of, it always just comes to mind. Obviously, there's the Rosaria Butterfield and that sort of thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think like, you know, less on an ex- experiential thing and more like, I mean, I just know that you have some very, very knowledgeable, uh, you know, Greek and Hebrew Old Testament scholars who are women, you know, uh, they'll be able to really do justice to a certain passage, you know, you'd want them to teach regardless at some level, you know, <laughs> yeah. whether, whether yeah. it's your Sunday school or whatever, like you'd want the info. Um, and so it's really just a matter of, of being clear on why exactly you're restricting the, the sermon itself. But I do think, you know, mm-hmm. as I've thought about it, and I've discussed this with almost everyone, and, you know, it's been really interesting to see various different positions on it. But I think it is a legitimate thing to to say that although that's technically true that 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 woman you know because prophetesses were around uh you know there shouldn't technically be a restriction on on the preaching function itself and more on the office function um i i I think it is a good argument to say that the two are so interlinked you know in the in the way a healthy Mm -hmm. church should be operating that it probably just is good to restrict that Sunday, even if you do allow other like non-elders to preach every now and again, you should still probably restrict that to, to a mill only, um, uh, you know, preach a circuit just to be clear on, on this, on this, um, complementarian piece. Um, well, cause, cause that's the other factors, you know, it's about, it's about the impression that you give as well. And it's a fine line in a, in a yeah. world like ours, right. you know, you, you, it's a fine line between erring on the side of being, you know, more conservative than you need to be and therefore giving the wrong impression about complementarianism that it's yeah. actually just chauvinism. Yeah. And then if you go too far the other way, it, it sort of seems like you don't really believe your own conviction, you mm, know? Mm, and exactly. so it is, it is partly about what you do at the front, you know, what you publicly, uh, you know, demonstrate yeah. on Sundays yeah. is, is there to show your theology. To, and um, if you're doing that in a way that's potentially misleading or unhelpful you do have to think about mm. about that mm. um, but it's interesting it's just challenged um i changed my whole assumption mm. about it mm. um you know because it's always just been a, f- a fairly a fairly straightforward one for me but okay. that you yeah. know going through that and thinking it through is has sort of um muddied the waters a bit but mm. in, in some sense you know i think i would probably feel comfortable there was um you see i've seen this done really well she wasn't she never preached but at st helens there was um a woman's staff member leonie mason mm-hmm. and she was again she was like super jedi okil theology degree mm-hmm. she was one of the the trainers of bible study leaders and one of the trainers of uh, of associates in bible handling mm-hmm. yeah she's really good um and whenever she was up at the front she just had a way of talking mm-hmm. which you know um, just it just you just felt that she was being submissive to right to whoever was there like it's mm. really it, it was really quite an art form mm. uh, uh, you know she even if she was being asked questions or interviewed about something um the way that she would answer them would always kind of defer to the authority of of the um you know the rector the mm. senior mm. senior pastor mm. 
And it was um, it was just like quite a quite an impressive thing to behold because she had serious knowledge, but she never came across as arrogant mm-hmm. or overstepping. And you know, so, yeah. you know, I think if anyone could preach in a way that would give that wouldn't kind of blur the boundaries, it would be her. But see, now I'm um, I'm a little bit hesitant on that one, right? Because that's that's if I went for this, I'd be a little bit. I've yeah. seen it's just a really good point, actually, because. You know, I've seen uh, a few instances of this again, X29 scenarios where uh, they've allowed, you know, um, uh, perhaps a woman to speak on a certain issue. But you, you what, I just hate it when it comes across as tokenism or, um, or, or they, yes. they, yeah. they allow yeah. a woman to speak, but, you know, just don't overstep the line and just be respectful for heaven's sake, you know, and just, yeah. and just uh, don't sound too forceful in what you're saying because then you might have authority over yeah. a man. See, the only way you would be thinking in those terms is if you had not already come down on the fact that Paul is not worried about that at all. I mean, a prophetess yeah. surely would have been very, very, you know, passionate about what she was saying and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the only thing Paul's concerned with is not being an elder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't let a woman be an elder. So as long as that box is ticked she can be as passionate as as she wants and she needs to i mean i could i couldn't think of anything worse than being asked as a woman to preach and then have this like sword hanging over you based on this like unwritten kind of you know rule book that you know they've allowed you to preach for some bizarre reason oh, but they no, just it wouldn't be like that but it would be under the same understanding as any preacher that yeah. you know if it goes wrong yeah exactly yeah um an elder's gonna yeah, Gonna so be there too. the same sort of uh, things you would exercise as a guest preacher in another church. You'd you join. You'd just be, you're not going to take a Presbyterian yeah. church on about baptism in your one guest preach <laughs> or, or no, something exactly. along those yeah, lines. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, but yeah, I mean, like in terms of forcefulness and presentation and whatever, you know, I just, I yeah, again, well, I, like I, I felt like impression about Lenny. It didn't, it, it didn't come <clears> across <throat> like she was, she was, you know, being wheeled out <laughs> as the token woman or anything like right, that. But, right. Um, uh, you know, but I do hear what you're saying because yeah. then it, it's like it, it's like it's like you're trying not to be racist, but every, yes, <laughs> everybody can tell that you really are. I know. Like, like at the um, end of the day, you're just trying to, trying too hard. Exactly. Like if that is your scenario, you know, like rather just say no, no woman preaches at all. You know, it would be better. Yeah. It'd be better for yeah. a woman. It'd be better for everyone because everyone's clear on what you want. Or you've got to be ready. If you do allow a woman to preach, you just don't want to turn it in some weird sort of pseudo abusive scenario. You know, you want to be very, very clear. Hey, the only thing that, that Paul's restricting is the office. She's not an elder. That what Paul is saying is that by virtue of your being an, an elder, you're going to have something that you're not going to have if you're not an elder, even as a preacher. And um, and and so, you know, go for it, you know, and, and then you've got to make sure your mm-hmm. congregation's informed in that so that or even the conference is, is, is sort of semi informed in that. Otherwise, wow, you know, or at least that the woman speaker is informed in terms of that expectation, because otherwise it would just be terrible. So again, like I don't feel confident, like I'd probably just at this point, just steer right clear of it for a Sunday setting, but any kind of conference scenario, I'd be more than happy to, to, um, yeah, well, I think all of those things only apply in the household of God settings, don't they? So, they, yeah, I mean, exactly. you can have a yeah. woman prime minister, you can have a woman boss, you can, you know, anything that falls outside of the household yeah. and the household of God. Yeah. yeah totally. I don't think the headship thing applies at all. So, like, um, gets complicated though for denominational talks and that sort of thing where they regard. Well, there's your problem. Yeah. Denominational. <laughs> Boom. There we go. Stop that nonsense, people. Stop that nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Just stop it. <laughs> 
stop it now. Yeah. All right. It's <laughs> a good way to drop yeah. it. Yeah. That's right. <sighs> well, there we go. Fantastic. Thursday theology. I feel awake. This is good. Do you? It's, it's really late. Good. I'm hungry. Did you hear my stomach, stomach rumbling? Oh. Man. <laughs> it's going nuts. I need right. some peanuts. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go get your peanuts, bro. And uh, we'll drop it there. And uh, thanks for joining us. It was great chatting this Thursday. Not talking mm-hmm. to you, I'm talking to them. Oh, I mean, it was I, really well, good. I enjoyed it. It was cool that you enjoyed it, but um, I'm, I'm more concerned that they enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. But I know a good lot of people thing, care anyway. about this issue, so it was a good one to talk about. So. <laughs> I mean, not yeah, like I want well, to hold no, you back I mean, from... it is. It, 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 it's a big thing. It's a big thing because we have to be really careful that we don't get swept up in the culture of kind of yeah, you know, all all the messiness of not of gender, you know, oh, non-distinction between genders, and it's like a, it's like a huge mess. And if we're not careful, we'll just kind of get swept. Oh, all that stuff was just cultural, you know, first century biblical time stuff. For Forget sure. about it all. Or you end up like resisting too strongly and you're like, women must cover their heads kind of thing. And and we're not kind of getting the nuances. And so we do have to think more carefully about this kind of stuff for sure. Totally. It's good. Go get your peanuts. I want those peanuts. Dry roasted, baby. It's the only way to eat peanuts. All right. All right. Go get them. <laughs> I'm getting them. All right. <laughs> good night. I'm getting them. I'm going. Bye. I'm going. See ya. Bye.